Welcome to the Gateway Church Podcast. We're so glad you're here. We pray God speaks to you through this message and through His Word today. For more information about our church, please visit us at gatewaylife.com. Now let's tune in to this week's message. Well, it's great to see all of you. For those of you that are joining us online, we miss you. Can't wait to see you. Uh, And we are continuing a series this weekend that I've been really excited about, where we're talking about unity, and the title of the series is A House Undivided. And last week, I know, was a strong message, um, and anytime there's a message like that, anytime I go into a message and I feel like uh, the Lord's saying, hey, this is a flip the tables or turn the tables message, I always get a little bit nervous. Um, but I, I, I know you know this. I, I, a, I have to do my best not to walk in, in my flesh, but then B, I also have to be obedient to what the Lord's saying. And, and I know the title of the message was Strong Division is Demonic, um, but it's not up for discussion or debate. It's just scripture. And we're seeing an attempt by the enemy to divide the family of God. And I'm never going to be okay with that. One of the ways you know you're okay with unity is division ticks you off. And so I I know last week was a little bit strong. um, And this week, uh, it's strong, but a sweet kind of strong. Uh, Like a really sweet, but really strong. The content is going to be difficult, okay? Uh, And I'm going to read a lot of Bible verses. Because I, I really feel like this is not the time for me to leave things up for debate where people are like, oh, that's just Preston. No, that's God's word. We need God's word more than we've ever needed it before. We've needed it desperately, but we're now being, we've become more aware of our desperate need for the word of God and the spirit of God because the days we live in are getting darker and darker by the hour. And here's the good news. The worse things get, the better it is for God's kingdom. Can I just remember, can I remind you that? The worse things get, Some of you are like, I don't want to go to church here anymore. It it doesn't matter where you go to church. Things are going to get worse the closer we get to Jesus' return. They're designed to. Remember that. They're designed to get worse. Why? So that it pushes as many people as possible to the only solution. That's the why. So if you're you're just overwhelmed because things are difficult, I'm I'm sorry. Uh, And we want to help you get healthier and stronger but newsflash, it's only going to get worse. Isn't that encouraging? <laughs> oh, but aren't you glad? Jesus said, but take heart. I'm not overcome. He's saying, I have overcome the world. If you've got a Bible, I want you to turn to Galatians chapter 2 and put a marker In Romans 6, you can even put your finger there because we're going to go over those two passages at the beginning uh, of points one and point two. And and we're going to take communion together again. Uh, And just a heads up, and for those of you watching online, uh, over the next probably month plus that I'm in this series, we're going to take communion together every week. So you may just want to go to the grocery store uh, today after service is over get some grape juice. If you don't have crackers, get some crackers because we're doing this every week for the rest of this series because we've got to be reminded what unites us. We've got to be. I don't want to get into meaningless discussions about where we disagree all the time. I want to talk more and more about what we agree upon and that is Jesus. Jesus. Let everything else just fall. Jesus. And I think there's going to be a really special moment in this, in this service. The title of this message is, This Is Not About You. And you're not the you. We're the you. I'm the you. Okay, so don't think I'm talking at you. This was the message I felt like the Lord gave me, and it's, it's for me and you. All right? This is not about you. As it relates to being a follower of Jesus Christ, there are two options. Your life's either going to be all about you or all about him. That's it. It's either going to be all about you or all about him. And I'm letting the cat out of the bag at the beginning of this message as to the one he wants. This is not about me. This is not about 
you. If the gospel is and it will go to the ends of the earth, it can't be the gospel of me. It can't be the gospel of you. It's got to be his gospel. The Spirit of God won't fill you up. And this is a strong one-liner. The Spirit of God won't fill you up when you're already full of yourself. I am more convinced than I ever have been in my life, and I know I'm still young, but we need the Spirit of God to move on the earth, and I, on a daily, hourly, minute by minute, moment by moment, I need the power of the Spirit of God more than I ever have before, and so do you. But the problem is, the Spirit of God will not fill you up when you're already full of yourself. So, to try and get us to a place of health in this area, I'm going to give you three points, and you already know all of them. If you're a follower of Jesus Christ, you already know them. Now, if you're not a follower of Jesus Christ, whether you're here in this room or you're watching online, I know this message is geared more towards the believer. And if you want in on some of that action, at the end of the service, you're going to get your chance, all right? But I, I just want you to know, this, this is geared towards believers because someone who doesn't believe in Jesus yet doesn't fully understand these things, and that's okay, so I'm not holding you to this. That's my point, all right? Here's point number one. If we're going to live lives that are not about us, we have got to remember, point number one, you were crucified with Christ. You were crucified with Christ. Galatians chapter 2, verse 20. Paul says, I have been crucified with Christ. One of the most important phrases in the Christian life. I have been crucified with Christ. It is no longer I who live. Okay, some of us need to be reminded of that before we post on social media these days. Because while your social media page seems to be all about you, this capital K kingdom is not. This capital K kingdom is all about him. And Paul says it best by the inspiration of the Holy Spirit. I've been crucified with Christ. Therefore, because of this, it's not, not any longer that I live. I'm not living any longer. What's another way to say that? I'm a dead man walking, is what Paul's saying. One of the hardest parts of the Christian life is dying. If you're taking notes, I want you to write this down at home and here in this room. One of the hardest parts of the Christian life is dying. But one of the best things about the Christian life is being dead. It's one of the best parts. It's one of the hardest parts. But one of the best things about the Christian life is being dead. Why? Because the dead don't eat like the living. Dead bodies don't have appetites like living bodies do. Have you ever heard that phrase, skeletons in the closet? Have you heard that? And most of the time when people talk about that, it's a very negative thing, right? Oh, that person has skeletons in their closet. Question, what's worse, skeletons in your closet or live bodies in your closet? I'll let you mull that one over this week. Oh, that person's got skeletons in their closet. We all do. I actually take that as a compliment because I, I would be quite offended if you said, oh, Preston's got some live bodies in his closet. He's got some, some fleshly appetites that are still definitely alive. But it's okay to say, yeah, I've got some skeletons in my closet. It's another way of saying I was once dead, now I'm alive. But that old me is dead. It was crucified with Christ. How about baptism? Baptism is one of the greatest gifts God gives us. Think about it, because it's such a beautiful and simple picture of how to walk out the Christian life. Think about it. I'll read it to you. Flip over to Romans chapter 6, verse 4. I'm not reading all of this in point one, so don't, don't get frustrated with me. Let me just read this one phrase. Therefore, we were buried with Christ through baptism into death. We were buried with Christ in baptism. Okay, it's a picture of dying. H have you ever...
been going throughout your day and your flesh just rises up and it just totally disgusted you, you know? And you just wanted to do something about it. You don't know what to do. Baptism is a reminder of what you are supposed to do with it. Drown it to death. It's one of the most beautiful pictures. Preston, when you see your flesh creep up, here's what you're supposed to do with it. Drown that thing. Drown it. Keep it down there. Like your little brother who was annoying and you play in the pool and hold him down just a little bit longer back in the day. Preston, keep it down. Drown it out. Listen, I wonder if next week there aren't a few people who need to be rebaptized because they've seen parts of their flesh creep up in this dispensation of time. And it's a lot uglier than you want it to be. And it's borderline even out of control at times. Well, Preston, I've already been baptized. I don't need to be rebaptized. Listen. In the same way that a married couple from time to time renews their vows, when you hear of that, do you go, you're already married? No, you don't. You go, that's beautiful. And there's something beautiful about me sitting down with my wife again and saying, if I had it to do all over again, I would do it in a heartbeat, only this time faster. I think there are some that may need to be rebaptized because you got up out of that casket during COVID. You need to go back down into that water. Not because the work needs to be redone. The work was finished at the cross. Let's settle that theologically, all right? You don't need to be rebaptized because something didn't take. You may just need to be rebaptized for you to remind yourself, this is how I'm supposed to live. And then when I come up out of that water, I've been raised, and we're gonna talk about this in point number two, to live a new life. I can't live the old way. Luke chapter nine, verse 23. Then Jesus said to them all, if anyone desires to come after me, let him deny himself and take up his cross daily and follow me. Let him deny himself, herself. Jesus says, you want to be a follower of mine? You've got to take this instrument of death and pick it up every day. Sounds awesome, doesn't it? But I'm telling you, while one of the hardest parts of the Christian life is dying, one of the best things about the Christian life is being dead. I sleep better as a dead man. Dead people sleep better. Some of the worst seasons of my life are when I've let my flesh try and stay alive. I don't sleep well. I don't walk well. I don't lead well. But man, as a dead man, sleep is sweet. Jesus says, if you're going to follow me, you're going to have to deny yourself. And the picture of that is you're going to have to pick up this cross. And it's not just Christ's cross, it's our cross. He died on my cross, on your cross. That was supposed to be me. He did it for you. He did it for me. And every day of my life, I am supposed to pick that up and carry it through every aisle of the grocery store, through every meeting I have through every conversation I engage in. You're supposed to see me carrying that cross. Well, how do we do that? Colossians 3, verse 5. So put to death the sinful, earthly things lurking within you. So put them to death. Those things that you feel just rising up in this season that are getting in the way of what God wants to do in your life. It's a simple solution. Kill them, put them to death. I had a meeting a while back that I felt like the Lord made me take and I, I was reticent to have it. And going into the meeting, I felt like he laid out the rules. He laid out what he wanted me to cover, what he didn't want me to cover. And I felt like he said going into this meeting, you're gonna need to humiliate yourself. And where it would have been easy to go in from a position of strength, I've got the Holy Spirit breathing down my neck going, no, that's not allowed. That's not what dead men do. And here's something I learned as I was navigating 
that, that meeting and that conversation, I think I figured out why so many of us operate in the flesh from time to time. It's a protection mechanism. Because I felt the Lord ask me, why, why would you even want to come into this conversation in strength? I said, because I know where it could go. And he said, so why would you feel the need to be strong? And I said, well, he was basically making me say to protect myself. And here's what I felt like the Holy Spirit said. This is not about your protection. This is about my power and your purpose. And if you want to prove to me that you're serious about what I want to do through you in this next season of your life, prove it to me right now by staying in that casket. Can I just tell you one of the secrets to the life that you deep in your soul know God created and fashioned you for, one of the biggest keys to experiencing that abundant life is death. It's dying. It's not fun and it's not easy. But the world doesn't need uncrucified Christians. The world needs dead men and women walking in the power of the Spirit of God. When you came in here in this room, and I know those of you joining us online, you, you don't have probably uh, what you need to take communion. So now you have a heads up for the rest of the series. But for those of you who are here, I want you to take the communion elements. And I want to read you Galatians chapter 5, verse 24. Just hold on to the bread. Some, some of you like to jump the gun really fast. You're like, I'm hungry, but that, that wafer, A, doesn't taste very good. And B, is not really going to fill you up uh, physically, all right? Galatians chapter 5, verse 24, as you hold the elements there, it says this, those who belong to Christ Jesus have nailed the passions and desires of their sinful nature to his cross and crucified them there. I want you just to close your eyes for a moment. We're just going to have a moment. We may not even get to point two and three, and that was a little bit of the, the heads up I felt like I was getting from the Lord coming into the weekend. This is the most important thing we've done in a really long time in this church, this moment right here. Every head bowed, every eye closed. I want you just to take account of where you are in your life right now. Where is the flesh creeping up? Paul says, before you take communion, examine yourself. So right now, just examine you. Where is the flesh creeping up? In an uncontrollable way at times. That's, that's one of the fastest ways to know when you're operating the flesh is you feel a little bit out of control. Where's the flesh creeping up? Is it anger? Is it manipulation? Is it saying whatever you want to say whenever you want to say it? Come on, examine yourself in the presence of the Lord. And while you're doing it, let me just give you something to think about. Most of the time when we take communion together, we think about Christ dying for us. But today, this particular communion, we're going to remember that we died with him. And anything that's living that shouldn't be, we're going to kill it. 
we're gonna kill it. Listen, it's wreaking havoc in your life. Your unrestrained emotions are burying you. That's not the kind of burial Jesus called you to. He wanted you to die so that your unrestrained emotions didn't kill you. Your fear about tomorrow, it's killing you. So kill it, drown it, just right there. Examine every part of your life. What needs to die? Just tell him, begin to kill it, drown it out. of the Last Supper, Jesus, sitting with his disciples, did one of the most beautiful things I believe he ever did during that three-year run of ministry on this earth. He took some bread, disciples not, not understanding what he was doing, but one day they would, one day soon they would get an understanding. Jesus took the bread and he said, this is my body, which is broken for you. Every time you eat of this bread, I want you to remember me. Now, before you take the bread, I just want you to say one simple phrase to Jesus in this moment. As a follower of Jesus Christ, I want you to say this before you eat this bread. Jesus, this is my body, my life, which is broken with you. Thank you, Jesus, for dying for us letting your body be broken. May we lay our lives down on your behalf in the same way. Let's take the bread. Same way Jesus took the cup. And he said, this is my blood, which is shed for you. Every time you drink this cup, I want you to remember me. And before you drink this cup, the difference between something that's alive and something that's dead is when something is completely dead, the lifeblood is completely gone. All the blood is drained out. Jesus did not spare one drop of blood for you. He shed it all. And the key to this next season of your life is not allowing any lifeblood to remain in any part of your flesh. So as we take this cup, yes, we remember it is the blood of Jesus, but we also remember we are crucified with Christ and called to shed our blood on his behalf. Jesus, thank you for shedding your blood. May we be daily reminded that we are to lay our lives down for you and your kingdom. In Christ's mighty name, let's take the cup. Now, in each section here in this room, at the end of one side of the section, there's a receptacle. If you just grab that, if it's on your side, pass it across so we don't have a bunch of trash laying around. And we're just gonna have a moment The best time to celebrate the life of Christ is right after your own funeral. So I want you to close your eyes again. And we're just gonna take a moment and worship. I want you just to sing these beautifully simple words that go back all the way to my childhood. 
Let's cry out to the spirit of the living God. We've made room. Come on, sing it out. talk about division, one of the things we need to remember as it relates to death, division dies when I do, because dead people are too busy being dead to divide. We are not going to be able to kick the spirit of division in the teeth if we're content to live in the flesh. We have been crucified with Christ. Therefore, it is no longer I, we, who live. Here's point number two. You are alive in Christ. Yeah, a one person gets that revelation. <laughs> you are alive in Christ. We were dead in our trespasses. We were goners eternally doomed, but God, who was rich in mercy and grace, sent his son to die while we were still in our trespasses. You already know the verse, the rest of Galatians 2.20, it is no longer I who live, but Christ lives in me. The rest of Romans chapter six, verse four, and just as Christ was raised from the dead by the glorious power of the Father. Now we also may, and I would insert, must live new lives. It's not just that we may live new lives. We've got to. Because if I'm not living the new life, what life am I living? It's not a theological trap. If I'm not living the new life, I'm living the old. We must live new lives. Think about it. Let's talk about Lazarus because we're going to end the message talking about him. Once Lazarus was raised from the dead, what was the first thing Jesus said? That's right, loose him. What does that mean? Get him out of those grave clothes. Those stinky, nasty, four-day-old grave clothes. Can you imagine the stench? You know, the ladies were upset that Jesus was late to the party to raise Lazarus from the dead. But we all know he just wanted to prove a point. 
Lazarus had to start stinking because then God would get even more glory. But what would it be like if Lazarus, every morning, woke up, went into his closet, and he had two options as it relates to outfits? The brand new robe he got or the stinky, smelly, old grave clothes he had. Here's one of my concerns about all of us, myself included. I think we've all forgotten how bad those grave clothes stink. One of my concerns is the lost are looking at the body of Christ and they are smelling some smells they should not smell. Because many of us are putting old grave clothes back on. And listen, the closer we get to Christ's return, the more diligent we must be in never going back to that old life, that old smelly outfit. Your flesh wants to run back and play dress up the way you used to. You gotta drown him or her out because you are alive in Christ. Ephesians chapter two, verse four, but God being rich in mercy because of the great love with which he loved us, even when we were dead in our trespasses, made us alive together with Christ. So what does that look like? Very quickly, two things. First, what does being alive in Christ look like? There are lots of things, but let me give you two to really ponder. First, we stand. Being alive in Christ involves taking a stand. Ephesians 6, 13. Therefore, take up the whole armor of God that you may be able to withstand. And there's the word stand. Withstand in the evil day. And having done all, to stand firm. If you're taking notes, I want you to write this one-liner down. How you stand is determined by your understanding of where you sit. That is theologically filthy right there. How you stand is fully determined by your understanding of where you sit. Let me read it to you. Ephesians chapter 2, verse 6. And God raised us up with Christ and seated us with him, with him in the heavenly places in Christ Jesus. Once you give your life to Jesus, you're no longer an orphan. You're a part of the family of God. You're an heir, an heir, a co-heir with Jesus. And God says, hey, Preston, once you give your life to me, you want to know where you sit? Right here with me. Right here with me. How you stand determines your understanding. It is determined by your understanding of where you sit. Where do you sit? Not just in this room. You are seated in heavenly places in Christ Jesus. That's why you can't wake up and be afraid every day. Because if you fully were aware that you're seated with him in Christ in heavenly places, perfect love casts out all fear. Not only do I not have to be afraid, I can't be afraid because I am seated with him in heavenly places in Christ Jesus. When my kids sit with me, They're not that scared. I'm not the biggest and the strongest, but they know. If someone were to walk in that room and mess with them, they'd have to go through me first. Okay, listen, we are at our best when we are not wrestling with the spirit of fear. And the best way to, to not wrestle with the spirit of fear is to stay in your daddy's lap. I have just decided at this point in my life, I'm not just gonna be seated next to him. I'm just climbing up into his lap. I don't care if he asks or wants it or not. It doesn't matter. I am seated with him in heavenly places in Christ Jesus. And that's why I'm not afraid. I'm not gonna be afraid about what's going on because I'm sitting with my daddy, capital D, the one with all power and all strength and all knowledge. And we have nothing to be afraid of Here's the second thing that being alive in Christ looks like, and this is the biggie, we follow. Another way to say it, we yield. Galatians 5, 25, 
since we are living by the Spirit, not dead anymore, since we are living by the Spirit, the same Spirit that raised Christ from the grave, since we are living by the Spirit, let us follow the Spirit's leading in every part of our lives. Does everyone see that phrase, every part of our lives? Never been more important than now. It's not enough just to do it in two or three areas. Therefore, let us follow the Spirit's leading in every part of our lives. Nine verses earlier, he's already shed some light on this. So I say, Paul says by the inspiration of the Holy Spirit, let the Holy Spirit guide your lives. Then you won't be doing what your sinful nature craves. Okay, this is tough, but how do I know I'm not being led by the Spirit? Here's the answer. I'm operating in the flesh. Those are the two options. When I operate in the flesh, I cannot be led by the Spirit. So I say, let the Holy Spirit guide your lives. Then you won't be doing what your sinful nature craves. The closer we get to Christ's return, the more we will see the Holy Spirit moving on the earth. And this is what the earth needs a move of God. A move of God that is so obviously God that no one else could take credit for it. It's the cry of my heart. The lost on the earth in this day and time don't need more sermons. They need the Spirit of God to move. And in order to see the Spirit of God move, the body of Christ needs to stay dead. Here's the last point. You are an ambassador for Christ. If this life of yours is not going to be all about you, you must remember, when you gave your life to Jesus, you became an ambassador for Christ. 2 Corinthians chapter 5, verse 20. Now then, and there's going to be a whole message on this passage uh, probably next week. Now then, we are ambassadors for Christ. Okay, question. I know I'm harping on this, but it's, it's the fastest way for the world to see the worst side of the church. When you get onto your social media right now, and you go to put something up, Whose idea was it to post that? Yours or his? Let me just submit this to you. We don't need your thoughts right now. No one needs mine. We need to hear God speak. Well, Preston, is it okay for me to put pictures of the French toast that I'm going to have after service? I'm not talking about that. I'm talking about those pointed statements in the form of your opinion that are taking eyes off of Jesus. You are an ambassador for Christ. Here's a loaded question. Is that how everybody in your life sees you? Is that how everybody in my life sees me? Wow, Preston, you're a great ambassador for Christ. That's the goal, but is that the truth? John chapter 12, verse 1, I'm going to read you a little bit of, of Lazarus. I think this is a part of his story that a lot of people forget, and we'll close. John chapter 12, verse 1. Then, six days before the Passover, Jesus came to Bethany, where Lazarus, who had been dead, love that phrase, Lazarus, who had been dead, Preston, who had been dead, Lazarus, who had been dead, whom he had raised, Jesus had raised from the dead. Verse two, there they made him, Jesus, a supper, and Martha served, but Lazarus was one of those who sat at the table with him. I want you to get the picture. A dinner, we'll call it a dinner party, is thrown for Jesus. And one of the guests of honor is Lazarus. And seated around this table, I just imagine Jesus, of course, at the head of the table, not because he wanted to sit there or had to sit there, but because they made him sit there. And around the table, some were his followers, others were just trying to get a glimpse and see what he was all about. 
And I don't know that it happened like this, but this is how I've always imagined it. At the other end of the table, the head of the table, sits Lazarus, who had been dead. And everyone knew that Lazarus had died. And Jesus raised him from the dead. And I just wonder if every time Jesus was seated at the same table as Lazarus, I wonder if there weren't some moments where people started talking to Lazarus more than Jesus. Hey, hey, Lazarus, tell us your story. Well, it all started when I was a four-year-old boy. I don't think that's how Lazarus would start this story. I think Lazarus would say, I was dead. I was in that tomb dead. All of my family left me for dead. I was done for. And then one day, I heard three words that changed the rest of my life. Lazarus, come forth. And all of a sudden, I went from not knowing anything that was going on. I got up and I knew it was the power of God. It had to be. I could smell myself. And I came out of that tomb when the stone was rolled aside. And where I was once dead, with no hope to ever live again, I was now alive. And I just wonder how many times he was asked the question, how did it happen? Like, bro, you were dead, dead. We went by the tomb, you were gone. No one was even standing there anymore. We could smell you through the rock wall. How did this happen? And I just wonder if Lazarus, every time, didn't just say, it was him. He did this. I didn't do this. He did. It was Jesus. The best way to be an ambassador for Jesus Christ is not to get flashy or smarter or even stronger. It's every day to pull up a chair at the table of the king, gather as many people as possible. And when they ask you your story, you just say, once I was dead and now I'm alive. And when they ask you, how did that happen? You were a raging alcoholic. You blew a 0.42. It's not even possible to be where you are. How did this happen? The only answer you are to give is you are to point at the head of the table and say, it was Jesus. I don't need to get smarter in this time of my life to do what God created me to do. I just need to be more about Jesus. I need to be empowered by the spirit of the living God more than ever before. So do you, it's us. It's not because of my job. Listen, I could get fired tomorrow. It doesn't matter. Some of you are like, did you do something that requires getting fired? I don't think so, but you never know. I don't need to be in this seat to take the gospel to the ends of the earth. I just need to wake up remembering what it was like to be without him and to never stop celebrating the fact that he's pulled up a seat to my table, to your table. And there are people all over the earth cracking. We've got believers cracking right now more than ever before. And my concern is it's because Jesus isn't sitting at the table anymore. We've got to get back to our why. This is why we have oxygen in our lungs. God handpicked you, and he just needs some ambassadors to talk more about him than they do about them. This is not about you. It's got to be all about Jesus. I want you to bow your heads and close your eyes.
I just want to take a moment. I just want to give you another chance just in case you need it. I know sometimes I do. I've needed plenty of second chances from God. If there's something living in your life that needs to die, I beg of you for your own good and for the good of this kingdom and every lost person in your life that's watching you every day of your life, I'm begging you, kill it. Kill it. Preston, it's had a hold on me my whole life. Kill it. Take heart. I have overcome the world. Kill it right now. We are going to make more room for the Holy Spirit to move in our lives on an everyday basis than we ever have. And it starts with killing that which must be killed. Just kill it right now. That's what an altar is. I know because of COVID, we're not doing altar ministry the way we usually do. But an altar is a place where things go to die. Just set up your own altar between you and the Lord right now and kill whatever needs to be killed. And everything you kill makes that much more room for the Spirit of God to sweep into your life and take over. Holy Spirit, I pray right now for every person watching online and in this room. Would you empower them to kill every living thing you are calling to remain dead? Spirit of the living God, as they kill everything that you are calling them to kill, I pray you would sweep in and take over. Every head bowed and every eye closed. I want to speak to one particular type of person in this moment. If you're here in this room or you're watching online and you'd say, I don't know Jesus. I don't even know what he's all about. I've heard about him. But something's going on inside of me right now. I'm sensing something that I haven't ever sensed before. And I just feel like I, I, I want to give something to God. Never felt this way before in my life. I just want to give something to God. I got a great idea for you. Give yourself. Give him you. If you're here in this room or watching online and you'd say, now's my time. I'm giving my life to Jesus right now. I'm giving the best gift I've got. I'm going to give me. With every head bowed, every eye closed. If you want to do that, just put your hand up. Whether you're watching online or you're in this room, just put it up. I'm not going to embarrass you. I'm not going to ask you to do anything in front of everybody. Come on, just shoot your hand up. I'm giving my life to Jesus. That's what I'm talking about. Come on. I know there are more. I'm going all in. I tried my way and it's not working. I'm giving my life to Jesus. Anybody else watching at home? You can put your hands down. And if you put your hands up in this moment, I'm going to pray a very simple prayer with me, all right? Just repeat this after me quietly before the Lord. Dear Jesus, I'm done doing things my way. I want to sleep well again. I want to live well. I don't want to do things my way. Jesus, today I give you my life. I believe you're the son of God who came to this earth to die on the cross for me. I believe God raised you from the dead three days later. And because you were raised to live again, I know I can live a new life in Christ. So God, here I am. Take all of me. I'm going to talk about you for the rest of my life. Jesus' mighty name, amen.
Amen. If you just gave your life to Christ, I'm going to ask you to do something. I'm going to ask you to just text the name Jesus to 24587. And we won't uh, bug you, I promise. We just want to connect with you and help you get going in a, a really healthy direction in your walk with Christ. If you raise your hand, don't just say, oh, yeah, yeah, I, I did that today. No, 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 this is a big deal. It's like all of heaven stopped what they were doing when your hand shot up and went, whoa, 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 what, what, what? Is it going down right now? Yeah, yeah, it's going down. Their old life is going down under the water. You can get baptized next week. They're dying with Christ so they can be raised to live new life again. Yeah, if you just did that, text Jesus to the number 24587, all right? Before we go, I just wanna, I want you to close your eyes this one last time, and we're gonna sing that song that we sang during communion. And I, I just want, I, I want it just to wash over us because this is what we need in this day. We don't need more of us. We need more of the spirit of the living God. Let's sing this one more time, and I'll pray and we'll be dismissed. So spirit of the living God, fall afresh on me. fresh on every one of us, no matter how long we've been walking with God, following after Christ. Holy Spirit, would you fill us all like never before? Thank you that that could even happen. <laughs> the same Spirit that raised Christ from the dead lives in every believer in Jesus. May we remember that. May we live appropriately according to it. In Christ's mighty name. Amen. Amen. Thanks for joining us today. For more information about Gateway Church, please visit us at gatewaylife.com. Have a great week.